This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. I'd like to shout out the biggest villain I know. It's the person that talks during the movie. Oh, that Makes, guy sucks. I hate that guy. And guess what? It's often me. Oh, anyway, no. And you know what? If I could talk to that guy, I'd say, how do you sleep at night? That's what I would say to this scourge of a person. <laughs> but I know what the answer already. I know the answer. Mattress Firm. Mattress mm. Firm has quality mattresses at every price for your best rest. Yes, even those who don't deserve to rest, like that person who talks during the movie, even they can get the bed that will make it happen from Mattress Firm. See a lower price at another retailer? Mattress Firm will match it up to 120 nights with their low price guarantee. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night, even if you're a bad person. Restrictions apply. See mattressfirm.com or stores for details. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell. Brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Conan O'Brien! Hey! How y'all doing? How you all doing? Are you all from Miami or people from Miami? Okay, come on, you can say yes. Don't be ashamed. I'll tell you why I'm thrilled to be here, the humidity. I got off the plane and my hair expanded. Fantastic. It comes to life in humidity in LA, it's always dying. My hair is always like, I will kill myself. And I got off the plane here and it's just fantastic. I've never seen it this I high. I woke up this morning, it's super high. I don't know why. I honestly don't know why I'm doing this movement. Miami Conan. This isn't helping anything at all. Anyone going to be hitting the clubs tonight? Because I hear that's what you're supposed to do in Miami. Are we hitting the clubs? Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm in Miami, and it's Art Basel, and I get the library crowd. Mm, yeah, we'll be reading. Reading, I tell you. Did you say it's Tuesday? That's why you can't... I thought people went to the clubs no matter if you're like someone who goes to the clubs, don't you go on Tuesday also? I've never been to the clubs. When I say go to the clubs, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, is it clear that I've never been to the clubs? Thank you. Thank you for your sad, embarrassed silence. <laughs> Nothing says, I don't know, I, I just think we have to do something tonight. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Because yeah. we're, we're here through tomorrow night. So I'm gonna have to do something. So maybe if we all got together as a group, we could yeah. hit the clubs, you know? Make our own club. Make our own club. Is this, these movements I'm doing now, this isn't going to go not so good. You're in the front row. You're sitting next to this gentleman in an orange wig, and you're just looking very sad when I dance like this. <laughs> Come on, if you were in the clubs, and you didn't know me, I wasn't famous, but you saw this guy in the corner doing this, intrigued or horrified? A little bit of both. Yes! That's what I was going for. That's exactly what I was going for. God bless you. All right, we're going to get started here. I'm going to bring out uh, my assistant, uh, Mr. Uh, David Hopping. Let's get David Hopping out here. David Hopping! Are you joining me up here? We go up here? All right. Now, let me explain. Usually, Sonam of Sassian assists me. She has uh, little twins. She does. And uh, I said, she said she can't come to Miami, mm -hmm. but my real assistant now is David Hopping <laughs> because Sona doesn't do shit. She never did shit 
And now that she has uh, babies, she really doesn't do anything. She still does some stuff. No, she does absolutely nothing. She does absolutely nothing except say, where's my check? Mm-hmm. And then- <laughs> And you just keep giving it. I keep paying yeah. her. I pay her and I pay her and I pay her because I love her. I'm trying to figure out how to get to that level yeah. of your assistant. Yeah, yeah. So can we hire another assistant Yeah. Out yeah. Here? If you had an assistant, if you hired an assistant, then uh-huh. you could goof off. Great. Yeah. Who wants to be Conan's assistant? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a lot of hands going up. Now, that means you'd be subject to a lot of passive aggression. Yeah. Uh, well, they kind of probably NDAs. Who, if you guys listen to the podcast fairly regularly or have you heard of the podcast? OK, so then, you know that, uh, yeah, I'm no treat to work for because I'm a very needy person. I think I have nice. a good soul, but I'm a needy person. Yeah. But then, like, on trips like this, Conan pays for everything. So that part's really nice. Yeah, that wasn't clear to me until we got here. <laughs> I thought this was, like, paid by Sirius. And they yeah. said, no, Conan, you're paying for this. Yeah, you're just... Let's uh, visit the fact that we're here in Miami. We came from L.A. Yep. It's uh, And I'm wearing... Um, <laughs> I'm wearing denim. I'm wearing a <laughs> denim jacket. And uh, I don't think that's the right clothing to be wearing in this temperature. No. And you are wearing like an L.L. Bean. It's a very thick shirt. Yeah. You look like you're headed out in November in Maine. Yeah. To So why are you dressed that way? I just liked this shirt. Yeah. Okay. But Blay's ready. Look at him oh, over there. Blay. Let's Blay get here like for Blay, who actually ready yeah. for Miami. If you, if you cross your eyes, you could see a sailboat. We should um, go get matching shirts. <laughs> yeah. Where, did you wear that shirt? Because you rarely wear any shirt with a button. You usually wear a uh, really stupid T-shirt. What? Yeah. No, I, and I meant that in a nice way. That yeah. wasn't an insult. Well, I, I will say last night, uh, you know, we got in late and, and we grabbed some food and I made the mistake. You know, when you're on the plane, you want to be comfortable. And I made the mistake of wearing a T-shirt that had a dinosaur <laughs> reading a book. And I will never hear the end of it for the rest of my life. Well, you always dress that way. And yes. you're 72 years old. I'm very old. And um, that's right. You clean up nice. You're a you know Thank good you. looking seventy two year old, but <laughs> Thank you. it's this generation that refuses to ever dress like an adult. Right. So I think when I go and I have my funeral, you're going to show up in a who farted t shirt <laughs> and like a, a a hat with like a propeller on it because it's ironic. Possibly, quite yeah. possibly. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just think uh, you know we're down in Miami. I wanted to look nice, and so uh, flowers. Now I've asked these people, and I think very, and they, they're a very attractive crowd. There's a very good looking group, and I just assumed they'd be hitting the clubs. And when I said, "Hey, I guess I'll see you all in the clubs tonight," I got nothing because this is a group that I think uh, just doesn't go out. Well, I, I, if I may be so bold, maybe they are going to hit the clubs, but they don't want you to know that they're going to hit don't, the clubs. Oh. I think that's a terrible assumption. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, this, uh, this young woman here saw me dance, and um, I, I have to admit, uh, you didn't seem thrilled about it, but I think over time, that dance would start to seem cool to you. She's trying to leave. She's actually <laughs> trying to leave right now. She's, <laughs> she's desperate to get out of here. Now, those of you who didn't wear a Conan wig today, do you feel a little shame? I mean, this guy went all the way with the Conan wig, and the rest of you probably have to feel right now like, man, I thought I was a Conan fan, and this guy, where did you get that wig, by the way? What grave did you dig up? You got it on Amazon? Amazon? They didn't have, I couldn't get my hair, like the poof, so I bought a wig. But I lost a bet against my late brother, so which one, whoever gets to see you first in person wears a dumb wig. Oh my God, that's incredible. Wait, this was it, and, and your brother passed? Yeah, two I'm years I'm very ago. sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and was he a fan as well? Or? Yeah, we, we both saw him like almost 20 years ago. My mom would come to my room like at midnight. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Are you doing, are you like smoking pot? And we're like, no, we're watching Conan. Which Aww. is <laughs> <laughs> Which is worse. Wait, way worse. It's way so worse. much worse. It's so much more mind altering. She thought you were the guy from the Lucky Charms commercial. <laughs> <laughs> what was your brother's your late brother's name uh christopher all right christopher i'll be thinking about christopher today he's here in spirit and i'm so thank glad you. that you were able to be here thank you so much that's really beautiful and i'm glad that i ruined your minds <laughs> when you were when you were children parents hated me because kids would stay up and say we've got to watch conan and it ruined everything so wish they were my mom we? still doesn't yeah. understand you at all yeah. Your mother still doesn't understand? No, she's like, what do you see in him? It's like... (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that uh, kick to the stomach. 
<laughs> you know what? I have to say, that's what my father says. <laughs> my father doesn't get it. He's like, what? What are you talking about? But, you know, over time, over time, I'll get to your mom as well. Yeah, my after he passed, my I couldn't watch Conan for a while because oh. there was a lot to oh, me. Oh, I can, yeah, and I can my see that. mom, I woke up one day and she was watching your show. She was trying to understand it. So I sat next to her. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... I love that it's like, I'm going to try one more time to see why anyone <laughs> likes this idiot. So, so, this is fantastic. So I sat next to her. She was watching the baseball one, which is my favorite. The old-timey baseball one is a classic, yeah. And she looks at me at the end, and she's like, why? 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 <laughs> All right, I'm going to call your mom. You should. I'll call your mom. Maybe after the show, I'll call your mom, okay? <laughs> and we'll have a conversation. What's her first name? Uh, Lesbia. Lesbia. Okay, I'm going to call her, and I'm going to convince her that I'm the greatest comedian that ever lived. Please do. There's going to be some money exchanged, so. We need it. All right, well, we should get on with the show. We have a, a terrific show uh, today. I just go right into it, right? I think I do. All right. Oh, wait, these are not my cards. These are my cards. Ah, there we go. <laughs> oh. Secret cards. You get cards. on the plane, you do a lot of cocaine. <laughs> Come on. We've all done it. <laughs> what the hell was that? I hated that. Yeah. What, what is Nixon? Yeah. That's Nixon on cocaine. <laughs> well, let's do another line. <laughs> line it up, boys. Uh, I love these guys. My guests today are a father-son duo who are currently starring in the new Apple TV series, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I am thrilled they are here today. Ladies and gentlemen, Kurt and Wyatt Russell. Let's get them out here. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kurt Russell. Uh -huh, yeah, so far so good. And I feel, I feel totally justified about being Conan. Hey, I like that. You like that? It was like it was in question. Yes, but you stuck with it over the years. We just talked to an audience member who who said his mom just doesn't get it. What? Uh, now your turn, sir. Um, hi, my name is Wyatt Russell, and I feel a strong sense of impending doom about. Being <laughs> Nobody's making it out of this room. <laughs> it's actually an escape room. <laughs> you guys are fucked. This is this should be an escape room. That'd be actually. We've already fun. had like three audience members try to get out. <laughs> try you're to get out nowhere. of here, and it's like I just. And you're like, did you know? It was, no, no, I just want away mm. from this man. I hope you like this we're, room because we're gonna be here for a week. We have a fan here who's wearing a tribute Conan wig right there. Which so, I think boy, is, that's close. It's you know? very close. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kurt. <laughs> hey, hey, I want to meet up with Kurt Russell in Miami and have him insult me. <laughs> That's one of my lifelong dreams. You know, I have to say, you have this incredible movie career. You've made so many different types of movie. Like, you've, you've inhabited more genres than just about anyone I can think of. There's no clear, like, path line in your career, is there? It's just, you've made all these iconic movies. It's amazing. Keep going. You're doing okay. great. <laughs> And that's all our time. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I'm, I've always been thrilled to talk to you because... Uh, I've always enjoyed you. We were yeah. just talking outside. You're actually funny and you're fun and you're nice. I don't know. You're just a really good you're guy. You're actually you're funny. Really, <laughs> and really good that's guy. Gonna, I want that on my gravestone. <laughs> actually, actually, actually funny. Actually funny. <laughs> but you know what's amazing is that uh, I was introduced to your son a couple of years ago. I didn't even realize it was your son. Uh, I'm, I'm watching one of my favorite shows is Black Mirror and I'm watching this Black Mirror episode starring this young actor who I didn't recognize, Big Beard and uh, it is a acting tour de force and I watched it and I was like who is that guy? That guy is absolutely fantastic and then I find out it's Wyatt it's, it's your boy and I'm like that guy killed it, you wow. absolutely killed it and I thought, and what's interesting is neither one of you started out thinking you'd be an actor, you both started out as athletes yeah. Who got injured and then, and it started with you. You played baseball. Yeah. You yeah. were a child actor and then you yeah. said, no, it's going to be baseball, right? Well, the only reason I got into acting was because my dad wasn't, I, I did everything my dad did. My dad was an actor and he looked like he was having a fun life. And I wanted to get some bicycles for my sister and myself and I had a paper route and uh, 
then I started to like. Thank you, listening. See, man, he does everything. Take care of me. Could you adjust my, my lighting as well? Nah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I uh, had the opportunity to uh, like you know go in on some interviews and stuff, and I got a job, and the the, the minimum pay scale was enough to pay for those two bicycles. So I asked him. I said, "So is this pretty much it?" And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, you know," he said, "If you want to do it, call up." Call Hilda up, my dad's agent. Call her up and tell her you want to, you know, keep doing it. So I did. And that was, you know, that was why I got into it. Um, I was playing baseball. And then, yeah, I mean, that was sort of what I thought I was going to do for sure. And didn't really think about acting as something that I was going to continue with. I did like writing a lot. I liked acting. It was really fun. And the money in it was just sort of unbelievable for what you're doing. You're having fun. You're, you know, just having a good time. And um, and then I guess I was, when I got hurt out of baseball, I played three years of pro ball and then I, I uh, and I was doing well. Um, so it was a big surprise to me. And then I, um, you know, I said, well, what am I going to do really? You know, after crying for three days and I said, you know, I guess, well, maybe I'll, you know, stick with that. I can always do that. And then I realized, you know, if I'm going to do this, I got to be really interested and I'm going to have to do this my way. And my way was to try to create characters, yeah. you know, memorable characters where you say, I remember that, that character or that character in really fun stories or great stories. And then I had the, I just got lucky, had the opportunity to work with some really great directors and some great material and, and then um, still doing it. <laughs> Who's the one, think that follow, is Snake Plissken the one that follows you around the most or is it, you've done so many different things it, it, that, it, it's, it's that funny. It, you never know when you bump into someone, is it going to be one of the Tarantino movies? Is it going to be Snake Plissken? Is it going to be? It just changes. And the biggest one I've ever had is Santa Claus. I mean, that, that was Santa Claus on Netflix was just, everybody saw it. I mean, it yeah. was like, it was really fun to do. It was something I always wanted to do kind of fun to go from snake to santa claus you know over your career <laughs> they're basically the same character but, yeah. i've always thought but what, of them was, as, what, what is interesting about it is living in the family that we live in obviously you know goldie's an icon and kate you know nominated for an academy award like second crack out of the box and oliver hudson done more work than all of us combined right and always there was this thing that uh well we used to not kiddingly i was serious about it so, well, the best actor in the family is a hockey player so and a long <laughs> Along came the hockey player. Okay, so <laughs> you you grow up and you think I'm not going to be an actor, no. right? You weren't you weren't interested in that. You were no. interested in hockey. Yeah. Well, it's like you've you've kid you've got your kids. Like, do yeah. they want anything to do with show business? It's so funny that you say that because my boy Beckett, when he was about six, because I always trying to kept kept them away from what I did because um, I was deeply ashamed of it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy's cool. <laughs> What am I doing? Uh, um, but my son came and saw me do a big show, uh, like at the Beacon Theater. I mean, I don't know, 2,500 or 3,000 people, you know, crowd going wild, really good, hot show. My son, my, my wife took my son, was about six, and he saw it. And then they're leaving the theater and she's holding his hand. And, she, and uh, she said, what'd you think? And he said, when I grow up, I want to do something where there's no stage and no audience. Yeah. And yeah. he was yeah. basically saying, what that guy's doing, I want to do the exact opposite. Yeah. So he's really into computers. Uh, he's a really smart kid. He's going to have... I think uh, he's a, he's a brilliant guy. He's going to have a, a, a great life. life. Yeah, and he's not. He's he's he appreciates what I do, but he's like, uh huh. No, not me. Right. So when you were a kid, that's what it was because I, you know, you see what it is on screen and it's fun and whatever. But when you're like six years old and you go to a Kings game and that energy is directed towards your parents who are just your parents, mm -hmm. it's like really off putting and and scary in a way you're just you're six or five or whatever it is and i grew up with that and i was like i just want to watch a king's game with my dad but um you you can't and so that really seeped in and i was like well i, I just don't want to do that it doesn't it's not something that interests me at that time also you don't understand like what an artistic avenue can give you um when you get older and so I was focusing on hockey. It just, I, he took me to my first rank in Toronto. I was three years old. My mom was doing a movie. And I can swear to God to you, as cheesy as it sounds, it's like my first real memory where I'm, I was on an ice rink out, outdoors in Toronto. I would skate from like bench to bench. And it stuck with me in this way that I was like, this is what I want to do. And I swear from four years old, I was like, I'm going to be a hockey player. It, it also differentiated myself from what they did and from a very early yeah, age. Yeah, it's important to have your own thing, especially when your parents are so dominant in a field. You you want to find your own way. Yeah, it's really important. And, uh, and, and also, they never brought work home, like ever. So it was just 
having fun, sports, playing hockey, baseball, whatever it was. So that was like they didn't act like celebrities around the house, like movie stars, <laughs> like we normally do. Like yeah. normally, do. yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I did because I, I do. When I come home, yeah. When I come home, I'm in full makeup, yeah. And I'm like, do you have any idea <laughs> who and what I am? <laughs> A little applause would be nice to come home to. We have an applause light at our table, and I'm always leaning on it. Let's have a little yeah. applause. I had to, I had to learn how to do my dad's hair from a yeah. very early age. <laughs> you don't get your ego waffle until I get three minutes of applause. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I so I I did that, and um and then when came time to be, he was really good, a sports parent, obviously playing sports. And when I was about ten, he said, "Look, you're good at this, and if you're." still wanting to do this when you're like 12, 13, then it gets real. And, yeah. and it's not as fun anymore, but it becomes a different thing. And if you do, I'll always su support it. And and I did. And uh, I told him, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then we ended up moving to Vancouver for me to play junior hockey. And that was my career path. And that's wow. how I gained all of my... That, that's where I learned how to do everything in my life. And I, you, you were... I mean, you were playing professional hockey like in Germany yeah. and had fans hanging outside oh your God. house. Yes. You would wake up in the morning and there's just fans. I mean, this is, you had real success. Well, it was so, I mean, it was a small town. I would, I would, I, I, I would uh, uh, real success is a big stretch. Um, <laughs> but it was Let's pro Let's just hockey. say compared to my athletic career, <laughs> you killed it. You killed it. But like, I don't know, the, 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 the guy who ran the social media for the team was a bit of an idiot and he like put my address on like Facebook on my yep. like Facebook profile. And one day after we won the championship, I woke up to fans outside my door, like wanting to get in. So at like 730 in the morning, I was drinking vice beer and pretzels with like, cause it felt, it felt like safer to let them in somehow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I always let fans into yeah. the house. <laughs> yeah. I don't see any reason not to. Yeah. So that, that went well. And then I played in Holland for a little while and, um, and then I got hurt. Uh, I tore my hip apart, and that—that's when I really was like, "Look, I mean, I don't want to say I I shouldn't do film because I really think it, it's great." And I started watching movies. I I had had a hip injury prior to this, and it started to be like, "Well, maybe I won't do this forever," you know? Like, I got to figure out something else. And I started watching movies. I started with like the AFI 100, and I love movies. I went to USC film school in the summertime, uh, made friends that weren't hockey players, and just realized like how much fun the entertainment industry can be if you do it on your own terms. I always felt like having that, you know, your son probably f feels the same. Like it's like directed at you towards you. There's nothing you can do about it. It feels helpless and get a little older and you're like, well, actually I can kind of do it my own way. Um, which, which has been great. And it was like, well, I'll go down swinging in a ball of fire. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I'll, yeah, but he also had out. worked, you know, he, he had played, he did a, a little moment in, uh, picture uh, John Carpenter movie that I did with John Escape from L.A. and then he did. Uh, That's right. You you, know. you were you had a scene where you're supposed to kick Snake in the shin. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Or no no no. I'm sorry. You're supposed to sneer at him. You're supposed to. <laughs> That's funny. You, you, you combined our, You combined two stories. Yeah. He kicks right. Elvis, in the, kicks shin. Elvis yeah. in the shin. Elvis in the shin. That's right. <laughs> See, I thought that was funny, but it was just mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> well, most of my big laughs are me just misspeaking. Yeah. <laughs> but, he, uh, he, but, um, but yeah, that's right. You, as a, as a child actor, were in an Elvis movie yeah, where I and you got to shins. kick yeah. Elvis in the shin. Yeah. But I mean, he was, he was there and he had this small thing to do. I said, well, you're, you're, you're a kid in prison, but you're the only guy in here who's not afraid of Snake Plissken. So when I look at you, you look, you look back at me like, you know, what are you looking at, buddy? Yeah. And, 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 and so then we found this tape or somebody sent it recently or it's on the internet or whatever. Yeah. And uh, somebody did a little thing and then he said, yeah, what are you, what are you in for? He said, I'm in for, um, what was it? Eating, eating a hamburger, which you would no red meat. And it was the deal. You're, <laughs> I'm in for eating a hamburger and I'm um, selling cigarettes. <laughs> and so when he looked at me uh -huh. and came, John came over to me and went, that kid's not afraid of you, man. That's really, that's really great. Right. And then we, I did a movie called Soldier where the whole beginning of the movie is about these kids who are really, uh, they're, they're brought up to be soldiers because they show aggression or they show this or they show that. Right. Character I was playing was the one you're going to follow later on. And he played him. And he's really the best. He's like one of the best things, or if not the best thing in the movie. And, and the director once again said, man, he's really good. And I said, yeah. And, and he had actually pointed something out to me where he thought it was a mistake. I went down and talked to the director about it. We looked at the video. He was on top of it. It was very clear that this was going to be something. And then I directed the soldier. <laughs> <laughs> and, and never got paid good. for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Sona, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So, Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me. Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, You reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people, no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified Unified business business management management suite. suite. You said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis. NetSuite.com slash Conan. Now, to me, what I'm hearing is you both grew up with this sense that it's a craft. You got to work hard. Obviously, athletes know there's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of hard work. And that that all informs the fact that it doesn't seem like there's no entitlement. And I've always I've always had that sense because I've been around you uh, a bunch of times that you are a guy who likes to work hard. You see this as a craft. You see this as something that's a job and that that was kind of the way you grew up. And clearly you have that too, Wyatt. Yeah. I mean, look, growing up where we live, Mm -hmm. um, you see entitlement all around you and it's like, I don't know why the fuck you'd ever look at that and be like, that's what I want to (laughs) be. 
I want to be an entitled asshole. Like, like it's like, here's where you and I differ. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I've ever wanted. But no one lets me get away with it. <laughs> I desperately want to be entitled. But yeah, I, so I always, I was in Lakewood and Culver City and hockey is played in places in California where um, they're not in the greatest areas. Like Norwalk, we had to be walked to the rink from the car by parents because they were drive-by shootings in the 90s. Right. And uh, you saw a different side of the world. And then when I went to go play in different, you billet. You don't like live with your family always after they left Vancouver when I was like 16, 17. Yeah. I lived with different families in Chicago and Toronto. And uh, you just live with other people. So you get to see a real sense of like what the world is like. Obviously, it's not a real sense of the world is like in, you know, in Los Angeles where we live. So... Yeah, I, I, it, that that's like uh, it's like my greatest fear in the world is somebody being like, "What an entitled dick!" You're making me that's think about worst fear. <laughs> you me think about Norwalk. It was like, of course, I was probably the only parent that said, "No, go ahead, you'll be fine." Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get shot, just walk it off. <laughs> like, hey, it's hockey, Wyatt. You're a kid. You're supposed to get shot every now and then. What are you talking about? You're an awful dad. It turns out, terrible, terrible father. I love Tarantino's movies, and I know that you'd been in uh, in a couple. And and what's interesting is I read this interview with Tarantino where he said Kurt's one of the only guys I can talk to because he he's making a movie about L.A. in sixty eight sixty nine. Kurt knew all these people. You experienced that world. And he said, you informed so much of, yeah, like he picked your brain about what was LA like back then? Because you started out doing, you know, yeah. uh, Disney films well, early started, on. Yeah. It, and it, did a lot of television. Early yeah, on. Well, just working, you know, working actors. My, my brother, Neo, is a TV head. And I swear to God, I wake up this morning. He's like, ask him about being on Lost in Space. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but you should, because it's a good one for your world. <laughs> my character's name was guano yeah do you know what but they finally figured out after the show it's like you know what guano means yeah bad shit <laughs> <laughs> play michael on sarah's kid i that was I, that was one of the first experiences i ever had where i was kind of like yeah i know what i want to do here and i because he michael on was bald yeah and we were you know it was lost in space you're not on earth you're somewhere out there and uh, I went, oh, great. I'm, oh, I know what I want to do. And I, I, I don't know how, I don't remember how I convinced that. I said, I want to I be bald too. Right. So I got to be, I got to play a character that was, you know, looked, I looked like that. We were clearly not from Pacoima, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like, from a different planet. You know? uh, but, but Big Pa, Big Pa knew all those, wasn't a lot of that based yeah, on Big da, Pa? Yeah, it's Your dad had worked uh, in early, uh, what, in, in film, but he had he done television as well? No, my dad, my dad, you know, worked for a long time. He put, you know, shoes on his kids' feet and food on the table by being an actor, and he did everything. It worked for a long time. Um, but he was, what you know, we kind of looked at each other as plumber actors, you know. I mean, there's a take your work pail and go to work you know but with, with quentin we talked a lot about stuff he, he's very he loves he loves the history of hollywood and yeah he, he probably knows it as well as anybody and so he does it's more than picking your brain it's where you're going to go out and have a good time and and he used a lot of uh, uh the conversation i think the things that he lo has learned over the years from many different people and it was it was very nice that he made a, de a dedication in, in the book that he wrote um, about well, once upon a time in hollywood and he did have me come over to his house to read it and it was really interesting because I think he wanted me to read it in the lair, you know, and it was right in the heart. He loves living where he lives in the heart of Hollywood, as yeah, it were. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was a great feeling. And I must say, I said to him, I said, I don't know if there's anybody alive who can appreciate this as much as me because it was my, it was like your lot my life you know it was like completely I, well, was like, so I, I, like, I understand everything about it you know i have a fascination with that era so there's a clip you can see online i guess someone in like 1966 just drove along sunset boulevard now today everyone has a phone but back then it was very rare for people to you know have a a color film camera and someone just shot out their windshield driving along the sunset strip in 1966 and it's a different world. Yeah. And I've looked at that thing so many times. I love time travel. Yeah. And that's just an amazing, you look at that LA and we don't live in that LA anymore. It's, no. it's gone, but it's so strange and so different.
I, I love what I love watching those videos. It is an essential of nostalgia that you're like, oh wow, and you're living back in that time. I'm sure you go back in that time and you're like, this is a fucking nightmare. Get me back into 2023. Yeah. But no, I love. I, I, yeah, I, I know those ones where you kind of like they put it on the hood of a car and they just kind of drift through Los. Yeah, Angeles. and they drive through LA uh, and you see what the cars look like, how the people dressed. What it is strange to me to live long enough to see that there really is a difference as time goes by because it, it always kind of feels the same to me, you know. Yeah. But you're, uh, why I was telling me, Gekka, this is cool because we have something fun for you, but you're a, you're a pretty serious history buff. Yes. You yeah. like looking love, at history. I love reading history. history, yeah. This, this is, is cool. I got to get a geek, geek said now, that. Like, it could be that. totally false. No, I don't think it is, though. I don't think it is. No, I think this one's pretty bare. So um, uh, there was a time where I wasn't working very much, mm -hmm. and um, I subscribed to Ancestry.com, mm -hmm. um, like, like a 75-year-old grandmother. Yeah. Uh, and so I got obsessed with, uh, like following the history of our family. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, our history of family is cool. And so you go back a couple generations and keeps going back and it gives you these like heat leaf hints, right? Yeah. This is also, I'm getting paid by Ancestry.com right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoy uh, driving a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Never works. <laughs> um, and, and so it just kept going back and kept going back. And it was like to the Gackenbacks and all these different people that we were in. And then it, and then it always shows uh, war records, right? Like that's mm -hmm. the it traces your family history sure. through war yeah. records goes all the way back to the Revolutionary War. When everybody in our family, for whatever reason, has fought in a war. This is the Russell side. The, yeah, Russell, the Russell side, side of the family. Yeah. We get to 10 generations back from me. His name is Jason Russell Jr. On the first day of the Revolutionary War, mm -hmm. uh, shot heard around the world at Lexington and Concord. Yep. When the Minutemen retreated, there was a house and they took refuge in the house. They sheltered in the, in the house. The Redcoats surrounded the house, went in, shot everybody in the house, bayoneted the, the owner of the house 11 mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the owner of that house was Jason Russell Jr., who is our direct lineage great-grandfather. That's and insane. On that yeah. day, it he was, was the a, bloodiest day of fighting on the first oh day God. of the Revolutionary War in the it, house. If only it had a ring camera. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> Hello. No, you want to come in? <laughs> Nobody here. Uh, well, well, the joke is, uh, I was uh, the joke is, is, is like that. You know, the, the, it's this patriotic story, and yeah. he got bayoneted at his door. And the story is, he came back from his family, sent his family away, and he came back, and you know, the redcoats came in and they stabbed him. And I was like, well, how do you know he wasn't going to the door and being like, they're in here? <laughs> they're yeah. in there. No, not me. Like, I love the king. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Lisa Kudrow has a lineage show, and she approached me a number of years ago, and she said, uh, you, you, I want, "We want to, we find prominent people, and we do their lineage." And uh, she and I've been friends for a long time. And then she said, "Would you take a swab, and we'll find your lineage?" And I said, "I promise you, you're not going to find anything." <laughs> and she said, "Conan, everyone says that." But we, we always find, no, you're related to, you know, Winston Churchill, you're related to, it's so cool, you're gonna see. And I said, you'll see. Didn't hear from her for six months. And then I call her and I go, Lisa, I never heard back from you. And she went, there's nothing. <laughs> she said, what I'll tell you is you're, and she said, we've never seen this before. You're 100, 100.0% Irish. <laughs> and I got really like, wow. That's and she said that never happened. So I called my doctor, who knows stuff, some stuff about you know genealogy and gene science, and I said, "I'm a hundred point zero, you know, percent Irish. Isn't that great?" And he went, "No, it means you're inbred." <laughs> <laughs> you idiot! It means your sister's been marrying your brother, and then it's true. Like we came over from Ireland, both sides of the family moved to this tiny little town in central Massachusetts, and people are like, "You're pretty. You're my brother. I don't care if you don't care." So yeah. that's there's a reason why I've got a all these problems. <laughs> well, that's where maybe we there could be something there for us. We we we're from Massachusetts. Our yeah. history. Is oh, is that all, true? You yeah. Guys, so yeah. you know, I'll look into it. Was it. my chance to maybe <laughs> hook up with yeah. a Russell at some point, right. or someone. We could have been so much cooler. Yeah. I could have had a film career. Well, if you go to Rangeley, Maine, where we're where we're, we're sort of from, you go to this, you go into the town. We went for my grandmother's hundredth birthday, and you literally go around to every house, and it's like. 
on front of the house. It's like Russell Philbrick, Russell Philbrick, Russell Philbrick. And I'm like, is everybody in this town a Russell or a Philbrick? Um, so last night I was watching uh, this project that you did together. And this fascinates me because first of all, this thing looks, it's its beautifully done, this project. Yeah. It's funny because you probably grew up in an area where there, in an era, Kurt, where there's, there's TV and then there's film. And I think we're in this world now <laughs> where stuff that comes out on TV, streaming, Apple, you look at it and you think this is cinema. This is, it's so beautifully done. Uh, it's, it's just a different world. Well, that's what, you know, when, when this, this came to us to, yeah. to look at it. We were Monarch, a legacy of monsters, yeah. yeah. And it was Godzilla. It's all, you know, first of all, you go, Godzilla, Godzilla, or, you know. <laughs> and it's like, you know, what do you mean, which Godzilla? No, no, the refined Godzilla. And that's what we were in. Yeah. yeah, we were we were like, well, you know, but what you know, so we started talking about it because it was it was obviously it could be epic, it could yeah. be cool. Um I love I I'd seen Godzilla when I was probably eight or nine years old and never forgot him. But um it just became a, you know, the the movies are are about the monsters. You see them, that's what it is, and it's fantastic, you know, in a certain way for a certain audience, they love it. But um, we also, you know, when it came to us, we started talking about it. We said, you know, that's not something we would probably want to be interested in doing because it's just not, I don't know, it's not, doesn't, doesn't hit us. But that was not what they were wanting to do. They were wanting to look at this thing and take the human condition that was right. living with it and, and do a real true sci-fi where it's a, it's a relatable human experience. And there are people who are dealing with this. And uh, that was very interesting to us. And so, uh, yeah, we started uh, talking about it and, and uh, ended up, uh, you know, ended up doing it and loving that we did it because it really, the fact that Apple would put this kind of effort into it, the fact that the showrunner and the head writer were as invested in it as they were, the fact that they really went out to get really good, good actors to yeah. do it made us feel like, uh, yeah, this is something that maybe we should, we should seriously take a look at him we'd have the opportunity to do something nobody had ever done that with two known actors father and son playing the same person yeah, that's the part that blows me away is uh, you are the younger self you are the uh, more mature self yeah, yeah slightly older i say more mature <laughs> wiser um <laughs> well uh, uh, but, no no somehow less wise uh, <laughs> but it's it's really cool that you, you're you both playing the same character. And so I would think if you're preparing for a role like that, you're kind of be, gonna be eyeing each other. You don't have scenes together because that's not possible, obviously, but you're gonna be trying to figure out each other's physicality. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that might be part of it. No? That, was, that was sort of the unspoken thing that was in the back of our heads the whole time. Right. Um, the thing that was fascinating for me because uh, Wyatt's was going to be different was uh, was first of all the opportunity to watch him work mm -hmm. and how he worked and the things that it would remind me of or things that I would uh, learn from him watching him. But I've never done a character where somebody else was starting it out. Yeah, it's like wait a minute. We we talked about this with the guy not having a big limp, and now I see you limping around. I mean, okay, so I don't have a, a I don't have a limp. <laughs> yeah, right. okay, or whatever, right? That's true. Yeah. And so, whatever no, he, he, yeah, so like, yeah. whatever he lays out there, that's it. Yeah. Because it's you, it's you in the 1950s. Whatever yeah. he lays out there, you have to pick up on. So just to be mean to you, he could drool a lot. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's exactly just what I mean. Just drool all yeah. the time. Yeah, it's like, and scratch his face yeah. like this, and it's like, pick up on that, old man. <laughs> I better see that in your role. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, yeah. it's funny, but it's also like, well, okay, I'm going to have to do what, you know. And so we, the thing about it is that, and I don't let Wyatt talk to it because he, 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 he really, you know, he's absolutely fantastic in the show and I love seeing the reaction to him in it. Um, he he was going to establish these things that that we were going to do. So we we had to be in line. His rhythm, his uh, we have idiosyncrasies that are the same, you know, mm -hmm. familial things. We knew that those would be there, and then we would work on the look and kind of this and that. But uh, it was really the fact that we have different rhythms. That was something we were going to have to deal with, you know, yeah. and, and and find. And then what you find yourself in doing, and that is finding a character that you you really want to play. But I mean, it was fun to go down to his set. Watch him work. Do you get intimidated at all if you're, I mean, first of all, you know, my dad's a microbiologist, so it's not like he would, you know, I, but I would still, Wait. if I knew my dad was in the audience when I was doing a show, it felt like more pressure. You know, even if there's yeah. 7,000 people in the crowd, if I know my dad's there too, 
because it's my dad. Right. It felt like a level of, but I don't know if you had that when, when your dad's watching you. Um, I think early on there was a sense of like, yeah, I want my dad to think that I'm good, you know, like I'm a good actor or whatever. Um, and then it, there, there'd be things he'd see or that I'd write and he'd be like, no, nah, that's okay. Like when in the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, you always want that to be part of it. But I learned, I think beyond my dad and getting a little bit of success in film and also in hockey, it was the same thing. Like, you just can't do it for that. Otherwise, like, you will sink yourself for your whole life. It just will suck you dry. Like, you'll never, that's an insatiable desire that you cannot um, quench. And so I really started going down the road of like, no, I'm just, I really am just going to do what I want to do. And if it, like I said earlier, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if my dad doesn't like it, like, that doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It's just, you know, but he's been always so supportive. It wasn't ever something that, like, he, that, that, it, it, they were just great parents. I mean, I, they were, they always wanted us to do well. They were always supportive. Uh, and then they also disassociated from it enough to where it was like, hey, it's great work if you can get it, but I'm not going to be in your hair about this stuff all the time. Cool. And we never talked talk about it you know this was the most we'd ever talked about film outside of you know being on a movie set it was like we had to talk about it a lot because you had to like make sure the character was congruent and point a to point b and even arc and you got to like hit those spots and stuff like that so it was really fun to work with him off camera um seeing how he i'd seen how he'd worked all the time when people would come over to the house and I'd be playing a video game or watching Sports Center or something, and you'd hear meetings, right? And then all he ever did in those meetings was try and make the movie better. Never was it about like me, me, me. It was just not the way he is. It wasn't the way, and it seemed like a good way to do it because his movies were always cool and people loved them, and they were always good. Your movie's good, you're going to be good. And so I took that approach, and then as I moved on with my career, that's been good for me and worked for me. And now we were able to do it together, and it was awesome you know it was really fun to be able to do funny story about the god about getting cast as godzilla though our doula who doula for those of you who don't know they'd help you deliver your child mm -hmm. uh she was with my wife and i we were getting the offer to do godzilla and i have like a relatively large jaw <laughs> um, you can't see it without my beard ever and since the, jason russell and so yeah <laughs> and the two and my wife goes yeah, he's going to do Godzilla. Him and Kirk are going to do Godzilla. Why it's going to be in Godzilla. And the doula goes, oh my God, he's going to be so great as Godzilla. That <laughs> So I always pictured him with that jaw. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not playing Godzilla. He looks so much. He's such a radioactive lizard. Yeah, I'm like, oh no. no. Like, uh, that would be great if... <laughs> If you agreed to it thinking it was this other thing, right. and it's your dad doing all this complex acting, and you in a rubber suit going, yeah! Your dad's like, you're, you're killing it. You're doing a really good Way job. Way to go, son. I'm proud of you. Uh, well, this is, uh, man, this is extremely cool uh, for me because this is a double treat. I've, as you know, long been a huge fan of yours, oh, uh, and we've talked about it many times even some of the movies that people don't all know i've watched those movies like bone tomahawk yeah, and good. said yeah. man uh yeah uh, I, that conversation i will go that. see if you're in it i go see it and i never regret it and then uh as as a to get to meet you because i really love your work i love what you're Thank doing you so and much. i also you are so much your own person and uh and it, it's very it's very satisfying for me to like get to meet Thank your you. your uh, your son. I keep wandering around the neighborhood because I know you live nearby, and I always see this bearded guy kind of see me and then duck behind a hedge. <laughs> well, next time, next time I'll wear bells and you can hear me. Good. <laughs> it's like a bear. You're like a bear. I have to make noise around you so you don't attack me. Do you ever see Sandler? Adam Sandler lives in our neighborhood. Yeah, Adam yeah, yeah. bought our old house. That's right. Yeah. And this is what Adam does. You know, it's L.A., so people are supposed to, you know, you call first, you send a text, maybe we'll get together at a neutral. It's not like, that's a weird thing about L.A. People just don't go over to other people's houses and ring the bell, right. except for Sandler. <laughs> Sandler will come and stand outside my house and go, Cody! <laughs> Cody! <laughs> 
It's like Streetcar Named Desire. He's yelling. And I'll open the door like, what? And he's like, how's it going, buddy? How are you? And then he says, everything's the best. How's it going with you? Ah, it's the best. It's the best. Did you know that uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie live? Yeah, they're the best. You seen Wyatt? He's the best. You ever had botulism? It's the best. The best of the diseases, buddy. And then he takes off again. Yeah. But, uh, well, thanks for saying that. I know, yeah, how hard yeah. it, I know how hard it is for you to be earnest. <laughs> I appreciate it. I do not have an earnest bone in my body, but I earnestly am thrilled that you guys, uh, I know you're super busy and to make the time to, to do this in Miami uh, just makes it's a, Makes my day, makes my week. So Fun thank you so much for doing it here. So Let's hear it for these gentlemen you. right now. Turn Wyatt Russell, thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Crunch. This has meaning for me, okay? Because I grew up as a child obsessed. My brothers and I were obsessed with sugar cereals, we loved Cap'n Crunch. And then when they came out with Cap'n Crunch and Crunch Berries, oh. I just, it was like Oppenheimer. <laughs> I saw a white light and I knew that life had changed forever. And true story, I was just back in Boston visiting my brother, Neil, and not kidding, he is two years older than me. We are grown ass adults. What do we do? We sit down at our kitchen table in Brookline, Mass., and we both crack open a box of Captain Crunch with Crunch oh Berries. Oh my God. And we had it together, multiple bowls. And I was so happy. Oh, it's nice that you have that. It really is. Break away from the ordinary with Captain Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but I've got to tell you, it's just such a sense memory for me. Not just original Captain Crunch, which is great. Then, oops, all berries yeah, they came up with. I remember that. Usually I don't eat foods that have oops in the title. <laughs> But when they came up with Oops All Berries, I was there. Peanut butter. Oh, my God. Peanut butter crunch is fantastic. It turns the milk into this cool peanut butter milk. I love it. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. That's a word now. Buy Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch. Now at a retailer near you and learn more at captaincrunch.com. Neil, we made it! <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to that do helps. anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, <laughs> and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. Mm. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. Now, Blake. Wow, I was so great. confused. Uh, like I, I, I was that out was, so late cardying, and that was. Amazing. I drank the stuff that was in the glow stick. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You don't drink that. You're not supposed yes. to do. Yeah, it doesn't open for a reason. Uh, now we're gonna take some questions from the audience with your uh, fantastic assistant. These people sound David. insane. <laughs> I don't want to talk to these people. That's right. All that That's stuff right. they said about entitlement. <laughs> I don't buy that at all. <laughs> I can see you glazing over. Yeah. Where's my butler? Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. So, if anybody has a question for Conan, raise your hand. Yeah, be, don't be shy. Uh, don't be shy. Just don't be. What the hell? <laughs> We're all hanging out here in Miami. That's right. Hi. Um, I'm a teacher. I'm a middle school teacher. What is your um, name? Tyler. Hey, Tyler. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? You're doing pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> good. Good. Thanks a lot. Next question. All right. <laughs> You're a middle school teacher. Good yes. for you. I so, love teachers. That's there is currently a substitute teacher in my classroom. And if you were the substitute teacher, I want to know what sort of lesson you would do. How would you uh, entertain the children? Well, how, how would you spend the day? Okay. 
uh, I get this rap is like, oh, he's so needy and he needs to try and make everybody laugh. And it's uh, absolutely true. Um, when my kids were little, there was this thing, and you've probably seen this, where they get the parents to come in and read to the class. And so they give you the book. You can't choose the book. So I came in one day and my daughter's like six. And I'm just going to read this very normal, unfunny children's book. And I'm reading the book. And then I realize that there's like a little stuffed animal behind my head. And then if I push my head back, the little bunny's head will flip forward. And so I start working the head and then whipping around like the bunny is, and the kids start laughing really hard. And I, then I start doing stuff with more animals. And then I stop reading the book and I'm doing bits for the kids <laughs> with the animals. And the teacher look, came over to me and whispered in my ear, just read the book. <laughs> and I got home and I told my wife, I was killing, I was destroying. And she was like, there's six. What the fuck is your problem? I think the problem would be, I, I've always thought that would be a detriment to me at my being a teacher is that I, my need to, to get some laughs would start to interfere with the fact that I'm supposed to be teaching them about safe sex or something. <laughs> and, you know, or whatever, some important thing they need to know that would get clouded over uh, and, um, and, and maybe the children would get in the way. I might alter, if I was teaching history, I might alter history so it was a little funnier. Maybe Lincoln's chasing Booth up the street, you know. <laughs> I would just do these things that I think would probably get me in trouble. So uh, I think it's probably a good thing that I'm not teaching at your school, but I, I do applaud that you're doing it. I think it's, it's good. And um, I think I would be a disaster. If I was a substitute teacher, maybe just for one day, and then kids would leave and say, what a, what a sad, lonely old woman that was. <laughs> Please never have that thing come back. Thank you. So yeah, you're doing a good job, David. <laughs> um, hello. Hello. Uh, I'm Alex. Um, Hi, Alex. How I'm are you? I'm from Venezuela. You're from Venezuela? Yeah. Oh, very good. Which which uh, part of Venezuela? Uh, Maracay. Okay. It's near to Caracas. Okay. So I uh, saw so you recently visit Argentina. Yes, I did. You did a great uh, work with uh, your Spanish. I tried. Yeah. I, 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 I'm taping a show for HBO Max. Yeah. Um, some of you might know in the past, I've done some travel shows and uh, I've always loved going to other countries where they don't even know who I am and um, uh, behaving in a way where they laugh at me. Uh, I've always thought that was a, kind of a weird, sort of a kind of diplomacy. If, if they see an American who comes over and the joke is on me, you know, uh, and naturally it always is. So uh, we shot, we've shot a few countries and then we just shot uh, in Argentina. And um, yeah, I did try to use my Spanish uh, here and there, and I, I think it got a little better. I learned some Spanish a bunch of years ago, and uh, it's fun. I tr I always try to bring you know bring it out, and I've noticed that most people who are Spanish speaking, uh, whether from South America or Central America, they're just they mostly appreciate that someone's trying. I think it's it's nice to try, even if I'm butchering the language. But I also think it's very beautiful. I think. Um, I, I sometimes will watch telenovelas and I don't even, they're, they're speaking so quickly, I don't know what they're saying, but I'm listening to it and I think this language is so beautiful. It's like music. The way f French and Spanish are very, they're musical. And then uh, I think English just must sound terrible compared to <laughs> English and of course German, you know, uh, is, a, is a nightmare, you know. If you're ordering a, a sausage and a beer, it sounds like you're declaring war. So, um, but yeah, beautiful language. Yeah, but my question is, um, you know, the, the big news uh, in Argentina is the new president. Yeah, yeah this, that, was, that election happened while yeah. I was there. But yeah. the dead dog is called Conan, and the news is he talked with the dead dog. Yes, let me explain Our, to the audience just so they yeah. know. Because if anyone's listening right now and doesn't know, <laughs> that sounds just like babble. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, there's a guy who's running far right. He was running for president. He's pretty out there. He's pretty crazy. Uh, he ended up winning. <laughs> Good thing that could never happen here. Anyway, um, uh, he loved his dog, and so he had his dog cloned. 
like seven times. But his beloved dog's name is Conan. So everyone in Argentina thought that I was there to, you know, to do something about the fact that, that his dog was named Conan and I had to break it to them that no, I didn't fly for 15 hours <laughs> just to walk around and say I have the same name as your new president's dead dog. So, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a big story there. Well, uh, I'm with my, my wife and our dogs, my, our dog is called Conan for you. So that's... <laughs> you named your dog after yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> well, he, thank you. He's a that's Yorkie. That's fantastic. At, next to this man wearing a mop on his head. This he, is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> he's a Yorkie and had a great hair like you. So oh, did, and a, do you yell at Conan ever? Like, Conan! Yeah. You know, I mean, that would be triggering for me. <laughs> Conan, why did you shit there? You know? <laughs> It's what I used to hear all the time till so, four years ago. Um, it's great to talk to you. Welcome it was to nice Miami. to talk to you too, sir. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Conan. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, What's your name? Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Um, my question sort of in relation to the travel shows mm -hmm. is what is sort of your approach on diffusing some of the more tense situations you get in? You know, there's yeah. been some episodes where people were not as excited you were there yeah, initially. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you do such a great job of getting everyone on your side and just diffusing that tension and really, uh, you know, everyone ends up loving you. So, Well, I don't know if they end up loving me, but they, um, one of the things that I like is to be real about the situation I'm in. So clearly I like there to be a lot of comedy but I don't want to be, I want to deal with the reality of the situation. One of the things that really comes to mind is we went to Haiti a bunch of years ago uh, after President Trump said some very negative things about Haiti. And we were there and we were shooting and it was really lovely because I went to a schoolroom and these kids didn't know who I was, but I was acting very silly and they were laughing. And then I was wearing a short sleeve shirt and all these kids gathered around and they were just like, oh my God. <laughs> Like, this poor man is dying. And I went, they're freckles, you know. Um, but like I say, it's nice to have the shoe be on the other foot. Uh, uh, you know, I'm the odd person out. But there was a moment we were shooting in Port-au-Prince and there was a group that just saw this tall white guy with a camera crew and they assumed I was there to make fun of them. And they were getting really mad. So I went over and I was showing them footage of what I do. And they were... Clearly, they you could see they turned and realized, oh, he's he's like a clown. I mean, in, in a in a good way. Um, I was explaining to them that, and I was showing them the work, and they were they were understanding. And you could see in that moment it kind of changed. And I That's thought, a great segment. yeah, I really liked that. And clearly, um, without getting too heavy, there is uh, there's a lot of people. Um, we're in a time of a lot of division and a lot of anger and I'm much more interested in trying to find out what I have in common with other people. And I try not to, you know, if I hear how somebody voted or if I hear something they about something they tweeted, I try not to go right to, I completely disagree with that person. Instead, I try to figure out what do we have in common, which I think would be, we could all stand to do that a little bit more. So just take a deep breath and try and think about what do I have in common with this other person? Because we've just, you know, we're all on this thing together. We're not, there's no other place to go yet until Elon Musk finds a, another planet. <laughs> um, there's no other where to go. So we might, we might as well try and make that happen. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Conan. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Um, What's your name? Calvin. Hey, Calvin. Uh, me and my brother loved you growing up so thank you for kind of shaping our weird if you uh, could talk comic. to his mother I, I figured yeah because she my just, mother enjoyed you just fine so i don't know uh, you gotta talk to know. this woman <laughs> um but my question is um you were a writer for the simpsons yeah way back uh big fan of the simpsons as well but uh what is like advice you usually give to up and coming especially comedy writers write what you would want to see do you know what i mean just be aspirational about it this is a sketch that would really make me laugh if someone saw it. This is an episode of a TV show uh, that um, this is th that would really make me howl if I saw it. Write that. Write for yourself. Make yourself happy, and chances are that's going to make someone else happy. Don't don't change yourself too much to try and fit another show. This guy didn't get a chance. Let's give him a chance right there. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Because I know he's going to give me money at the end. Of course, of course. Code and Bobby have a question for you. 
That's very professional. Look at the way he did that, everybody. You call into radio shows a lot, don't you? Of course. Hey, Conan, Bobby, question. <laughs> My name is Link, by the way. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Um, on the pod- I'm trying to be as crisp and efficient as you. <laughs> Bobby, what you got? Let's go. <laughs> on the podcast, Matt Gurley has stated that he loves the James Bond and Indiana Jones franchise. Yeah. If you could ruin one for him, which one would it be and why? If I could what? If you could ruin one of them for him. Ruin? Yeah. Yeah. Which one would it be and how? Wow, that's really good. Oh, I know what I would do. I would ruin James Bond for him because I think he truly loves Bond the most. And I would ruin it by becoming the next James Bond. (laughs) And I would wear that wig over my hair and totally ruin the franchise. I'd just, you know what I mean? I'd say my name's Bond. <laughs> James Bond. <laughs> and I'd turn into Nixon. Everything that would just make him not sexy, not cool. My fights would be a lot of slapping and shrieking. Mm. And then it would just end the franchise. They would never make another James Bond after that. And that would destroy it for, uh, for Gorley. And also radioactively... Uh, destroy all the ones that came before it. And I would make sure that I was put into scenes in the, in the previous James Bonds, where I just lean in and go, how's it going? Just totally take you out of the movie. I want to destroy Gorley's life. Thank you. I would watch that. Thank you for that idea. Thank you. All right, well, you guys have been nice. Is that it? That's it? You guys have been fantastic. Um, you guys have been, and I'll see you in the clubs later. Which club are we going to? What's that? Someone in the airport was like, Conan, you got to go to 11. Well, wait, what's the deal with 11? I I don't go to clubs. That's not going to happen. But what happens at 11? It's a strip club? I'll see you all there. (laughs) What time does it open? 24-7 strip club? Oh, my God. 8 a.m.? Oh, my God. An 8 a.m. at a strip club? The stripper's just like... Thank you, everybody! Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering and mixing by Eduardo Perez and Brendan Burns. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 669-587-2847 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. At Delta, we know Mike and HC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.